Hello, this is Philippe Lecour. Uh, I'm a senior fellow at uh, the Harvard Kennedy School and the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. And I'm glad to welcome my colleague, Eric Bradberg, who is the director of the Europe program at Carnegie and based in Washington. Hi, Philippe. Uh, Eric, I was thinking perhaps we should uh, uh, focus this conversation on what the Europeans uh, have been saying about China recently, and particularly uh, uh, what I see as a divergence from the US administration, whether the past administration or, or the current administration, the Biden administration. If you listen to Angela Merkel and Emmanuel Macron, the, the two main leaders of Europe, you could say, uh, you really have the impression, um, and especially at the Davos Forum recently, that they do they do not want to gang up against uh, China, and they want they don't want any grouping uh, against China. Um, and Ma and Macron himself was very clear about this uh, just a few days ago, uh, talking to a think tank. Now they, they obviously signed a, an investment deal, as you know, called the comprehensive agreement on investments and and it's it's obviously uh, it, it raised a few eyebrows in um, in Washington but the Europeans don't see that as a problem you can have this economic relationship on one hand and and and, and perhaps continue to have a dialogue a transatlantic dialogue on China's rise uh, with, with the Americans but they don't want to see any kind of decoupling and, and obviously, there is a debate in Europe itself, and you could see from the uh, so-called 17 plus one uh, summits that mm -hmm. took place uh, virtually um, uh, two days ago that very few people actually attended, uh, actually less than usual. Some, I mean, most people attended online anyway, but I mean, uh, uh, six leaders did not take part from the Eastern and Central European leaders so that sort of there was a bit of an embarrassment um, uh, for for china uh, but that shows there's a debate in europe so it's not black and white and i would like to know from your point of view in washington uh, how do uh, the, the new um, officials and the new team around the president see this debate mm -hmm. Well, there's no surprise, Philippe, that the new incoming Biden administration was slightly taken aback by the EU's willingness to at least reach agreement with China on this comprehensive investment agreement late last year and rejecting uh, the U.S. sort of request for consultations. And I think um, to a lot of the Biden officials, I think they took the EU seriously when the EU came out after the results of the U.S. election and said, we want to cooperate with the new U.S. administration on a range of issues, including issues related to China. Um, so so they, they felt a bit disappointed. Um, I think at the same time, I think it's important for the United States and the Biden administration in particular to understand, first of all, how low the level of trust in U.S. leadership is in Europe after four years of Donald Trump, and that it's not just enough to be nicer and to, to not be Donald Trump um, and expect that Europeans will immediately uh, follow uh, the U.S. position on China. I think, moreover, it's important for the U.S. to also clarify what its own strategy is towards China, including on trade and what to do with the phase one deal with China on trade, for instance, and to reassure Europeans that the U.S. strategy is not about containing China or pursuing complete decoupling um, and be willing to work with European allies and partners, as the administration puts it, to shape a joint approach for addressing what is 
shared challenges stemming from China. So I think there's homework to do on the administration side. But I think on the European side at the same time, um, I think there's a bit of a strawman argument, um, as we've heard from both Merkel and Macron in recent weeks, to suggest that what Biden wants is to gang up on China. I think if you listen to President Biden's foreign policy speech uh, in Washington uh, recently, what he talked about was shaping the international environment and strengthening the multilateral system in order to hold China more accountable and in order to make China play by the international rules. But he also said that you know the US should be willing to work with Beijing on things like climate and the pandemic, which is quite similar to the European view. So I think for Europe, um, it's important to not be ambiguous about this and to be clear-eyed and to be willing uh, to work with the United States on these issues. And I think when the dust settles, that there is still a very ripe menu of items that the United States and the European Union can work on together when it comes to dealing with China, ranging from things like investment screening and export control to addressing difficult issues like Hong Kong and Xinjiang, human rights, reforming the World Trade Organization and shaping uh, the international economic system and dealing with technology um, and supply chain issues. So I'm still hopeful that some of the new structures that um, are being have been put in place, including by the former U.S. administration, this strategic dialogue between the U.S. and the EU can be put into good use um, and become a useful tool for coordinating transatlantic policies towards China. But that requires, I think, that both sides are willing to listen um, and to discuss um, the the joint strategy um, and not just expect that the other side will will necessarily follow. Thank you, Eric. I think technology is going to be a very critical point, but it was great talking to you today and I uh, look forward to more conversations. Thank you.